Hey everyone, welcome to the Slice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. Joining me today is uh, Dr. Ed Chekin, the Vice President of Medical Affairs and Professional Education at Ascensus Surgical. How are you today? Good, Jared. Thanks for having me. Excited to have you. You've quite the the, the title is. Uh, I was. It's a. Uh, I have to. Uh, I have to shorten it. It was a. It's a good title. Uh, tongue twister. Yeah, yes. it's a tongue twister. Um, I'm really excited to chat with you here today. By the way, Doctor uh, Checkin, would love to just start off by hearing about your background, and then we'll dive more into a sense of surgical. Sure. So first, yeah, Jared, thanks for having me. Um, uh, my background is in uh, general surgery. I did my um, general surgery residency in Pittsburgh, and then I went on to do a fellowship in laparoscopic surgery in the late 90s, which was kind of the heyday of laparoscopic surgery. And uh, one of that, one of my years in fellowship was a lab year, a research year. And it was in 98, 99, when we started thinking about things like, uh, everybody had a different tool for laparoscopic surgery, but we started thinking about, wow, wouldn't it be cool if we could have a, uh, a, um, you know, a robotic system, or what if we had a, uh, a single robot, or then what about the videos? We have all these videos. How do we collate these videos? How do we store them? And we had videos piled up in the conference rooms on VHS tapes and everything. And I really got interested in that kind of uh, side of things and went on and did my clinical career in the academic side of things in private practice. Um, and, and then I transitioned into, to kind of pursue that interest into a career in medical device and manufacturing and laparoscopic instrumentation, um, up to the point where I've been with the census now here for just over a year. Well, actually coming up on two years now, um, pretty quickly. And, um, that's the, the, the kind of the, the sweet spot where we're, we have a robotic, uh, telemanipulator system coupled with augmented intelligence um, capabilities. And if you could, thank you so much for, for, the, for the quick intro. I know our audience would really be interested too in hearing about you know, what, your role, what your role looks like, your day-to-day at uh, Ascensus Surgical, and then any other details you want to add, assuming we have some listeners that haven't fully heard of Ascensus Surgical beyond what you just shared with us. Sure. So it, it is a uh, an interesting role where we have, um, you know, the, the medical affairs kind of space, I kind of divided into buckets of um, the, the we're responsible for um, education or for teaching, be it, you know, sales training or just information transfer to our um, colleagues out in the field in different ways. Um, the quality side of things where we, we try and help with patient safety um, and the um, uh, a kind of uh, research side of things that we do in clinical research and um, and and um, preclinical research or health economics research. And then what I got really interested in was the idea of product innovation and trying to help kind of marry the unmet clinical need with engineering expertise in order to give a meaningful product that um, doctors and patients can use. And so as a uh, a clinician or with a clinical background, we're able to bring that to the table as far as um, um, the clinical relevance or the or the clinical need uh, for an instrument. So our group is that medical affairs group, and we interface uh, very uh, very kind of um, typically and usually with the R and D groups and the regulatory groups, quality groups, um, those kind of folks. And. I would love to I would love to dig deep into 
you know, specifically surgical robotics and how those platforms benefit the surgeon. And then a part two to that, you know, can they, have you seen that it's able to prolong a surgeon's career as a result? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know about um, um, prolong as much, but it certainly can help. And I think that one of the biggest things that we found, um, you know, back when we were doing just getting started with laparoscopy, like, you know, in, in, the, in the 1990s, um, late 80s, 90s, we, we found ourselves in a lot of contorted positions um, with the trocars, um, you know, in in various locations that we had our arms kind of all all contorted. And that ended up uh, a lot of myself included and other peers in physical therapy and things that because of neck and back uh, strain, because concentrating so much on what we're doing and not as much on the body positioning that we're keeping ourselves in for long periods of time. And so just distancing ourselves, sitting down and having this interface like we have here with a computer and a camera uh, made a lot of um, ergonomic uh, benefits for surgeons in in that side of, in that kind of realm of um, comfort that allows you to concentrate more, especially when you're doing something that is a fine motor that we don't find our kind of larger body or upper body in a contorted position. And we can just concentrate on what we're doing with our hands and our, and our arms. Um, so that has made a tremendous um, uh, difference. And I think that has kind of fostered a lot of the goodwill for robotic robotic um, kind of interventions into laparoscopic surgery or robotic assisted laparoscopic surgery for that uh, reason alone. And these, these next couple questions, by the way, I'm going to kind of rapid fire them at yeah. you. Um, but cause I, I want to make sure you're, you're, I love all your responses so far. It's great hearing more about uh, the company and, and your approach. Uh, can you explain the, the process to me of, of building uh, the ISU and then what are the benefits of a technology like this? Yeah. So we have, we have our telemanipulator, which is the robotic arms um, and the robotic arms, basically um, the, we, we sit at a console, we move our hands and arms and that motion is translated into a telemanipulator where the arms move with instruments attached to them um, from the, uh, from the robotic base. Um, the ISU or the intelligent surgical unit is another um, another um, kind of element of the system where the motions as well as the camera images are loaded into this to this box, which is basically a, a processor, a video processor and, and, and computer that then transfers the information of from all of the arms as well as the video to the cloud. And we're working with Google Cloud platforms to enable us to do that and then processes that information. Um, I think it's easy to digest that we're able to process that information to look at nothing else, look at the video later and learn from the video, annotate the video and, and learn from it. But we're also interested in having some information transfer um, during the procedure that we can actually help surgeons do surgery better. Um, at, at that particular case. And right now we have um, initiatives in augmented intelligence that the best way I would describe that is the kind of yellow line on the football field that um, I don't know, maybe a lot of people don't remember back anymore, you know, back 
um, when we'd watch football without the yellow line and 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 now we see it all the time and and that's what we're hoping to bring to surgery is that augmented intelligence or this augmented reality that we can have um, in surgery that you know would be you know go here or don't go there um, you know instead of just the first down marker or something um, like that and so we have a lot of ideas we're we're always looking for new ideas if people have ideas as to what kind of things along those lines would be um, would be helpful you know um, in different ways I love the football analogy in there that that is a great example um it's it's hard to think back what, what you do without the the line I mean, we still yell at the line right we, we still, still we still think right. it's wrong right there's no way that's where the, the that's right first down that's is. right or we have to wait for them to move the chains then we're like well why are we moving the chains i can see right there it's a first down like why are we doing that because they don't and, have the line yeah that's right, right. they don't have the line yeah, right not, but you can see it plain as day uh right you know from where you are it's it's it is truly remarkable what what are some of the additional kind of challenges when completing uh, minim, uh, minimally invasive surgery? And then it wouldn't be a podcast. It wouldn't be 2023 if I didn't say, how does AI help with some of these challenges? Yeah, well, you're right. I mean, it, it comes down in, into objectifying our progress. You know, what kind of metrics can we use? Um, and the, the kind of... Um, robotic telemanipulation, um, you know, has has moved the needle tremendously. Um, and there are studies out there that show how well it has helped in surgical ergonomics. Um, but in improving clinical outcomes, um, it's been harder to discern. Um, when we went from open to laparoscopic surgery, the patient benefits were were off the charts. Um, we would do a gallbladder, an open gallbladder, the patient would be in the hospital for four or five days sometimes, whereas nowadays we're doing a lap coli on the same day. And so we do a robotic laparoscopic cholecystectomy and it's still going home the same day. And so the patient, um, it's, it's harder to kind of improve on that paradigm when the incision size remains the same. So we're, look, we're looking for ways to, um, to kind of show objectively that these adjuncts to surgery help in different in different types of outcomes and trying to look at different outcome metrics or categories of metrics that might resonate um, with surgeons and with um, with patients um, to say, yeah, I think we, I think that would be very helpful. And let's set out to kind of to kind of prove that if we can. Uh, but it, it's it's difficult, you know, um, because currently we're we're just I guess that one of the one of the kind of the ways I would explain it is, you know, I, I think if you changed your wiper blades on your car, we'd all agree that boy, you could see better and you probably are going to avoid an accident. But it'd be really hard to prove it was those wiper blades that that resulted in you not in, in something not happening. Um, and so that's where we were. We're trying to facilitate things within surgery to make them easier, maybe even safer. But it's really hard to prove that that's the case because it's an incremental improvement oftentimes in, in a multifactorial process that leads to some type of untoward sequelae that we're trying to avoid. It's, it's a piece of the puzzle. And with that piece of the puzzle, right, when you look at AI and robotics, because it, they're they're continuing to complement each other very well, right? Where do you see that space going in the next five to 10 years? And specifically, it doesn't just have to be about the, the surgery. Um, we'll talk about where do you see that in the healthcare industry and maybe just even more broadly, if you want to share your thoughts. 
Well, I, I think, you know, the AI piece it, and for surgery is mostly what I'm, I've been looking at. Um, it will be in, like in other places, in data sharing. Um, we have a tremendous amount of information that we can see in, 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 a, in an operative video case. And some of the things that aren't as visible to us or aren't as visible to the untrained eye. And as we start sharing these videos together and we get a collective kind of uh, consciousness in and around the data that is captured on these videos, then we will probably start seeing trends as to how people think of doing things in certain situations and how and how to do them better. Um, and we'll train our eyes better, so to speak, or maybe when our eyes can't see it, something else will be able to see it because it's imperceptible to us. And the kind of analogy that I would say there is, you know, I, I don't, I don't know too much about art, but you know, I like going to the art museum and I'll walk around there and say, well, that's a nice painting. But if you go around with somebody that knows about art and they explain to you what you can actually see in that painting and how that's different than this painting, it's that level of information we're trying to bring to the video image of, of laparoscopic surgery and so that people can appreciate learners and then experts and beyond could see, look at that image and see things that maybe they weren't able to see um, before, even though it was already captured in that video image that we're just trained better to look for those types of um, subtlety and subtle differences to either keep us out of harm's way or expedite a procedure. Um, something like that. Super interesting. Huh? Well, as, as we let, as we wrap up here, would love to what you can share. I know there are certain things you can't, what are you excited about next for a sense of surgical moving forward? Well, I think what we're excited about is this continuing evolution of an, an iterative generation of these digital solutions to add to the surgeon's digital armamentarium. And so, I'm real excited about the kind of um, 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 pipeline um, that we would have for those types of applications. Um, and uh, like you said, can't share too much about it, but those they're, 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 there's planned releases for that. There's some things that are closer than others and some things that are easier than others. And we're really excited to start sharing um, those ideas with people once it's the right time. So um, that's, uh, that's, that's what I keep my eyes, keep my eye on. Well, I'm really excited to continue the conversation with you and hopefully we can have you come back on and we can dig even deeper, but really sure. appreciate you joining as a guest here today. Hey, thanks for having me, Jared.